What do you think of this glass render? So that's not AI. That's a designer. Oh, that designer did that. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell? Could, or could not? be could be Dali too. That's all. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, this three D rendering is fantastic. I mean, this could be mid journey. <laughs> James, Raf. Favorite Kanye song? List your Kanye albums in order. No, no, let's not do that. We could do that. I was going to kick off by saying. I know what you're going to say. Eight Oh Eight and Heartbreaks number one. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's not true. My number one's Jesus. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I'm going to be controversial. Uh-huh. It's Watch the Throne with Jay-Z. There, I said it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great album. Yeah. But I'm more interested in his most recent releases, mm-hmm. by which I mean his anti-Semitic tweets. <laughs> Maybe allegedly. I should have said that was my favorite. Sorry, allegedly. If he's listening to this, you know, I didn't say anything libelous. <laughs> I like Gone. Oh, yeah. Kanye's at it again. He is. And what? how timely, considering yeah. what we talked about in the last episode. Last week, we were talking about... Um, Alt-tech. Yeah. Twitter alternatives. We yep. mentioned Truth Social. We mentioned that. We mentioned... Rumble. Rumble. We mentioned... What's the fucked up one again? Gab. Gab. That's right. We mentioned Gab. And we mentioned Parler. We fleetingly mentioned Parler. And if only we did talked about it a little bit more, so we could have seen so in the moment. No, no, we read the tea leaves, mate. That's totally. the thing. You come here for this vibe. When Kanye buys Parler, you're saying, oh, alt tech. Alt- yeah, I know. I know what that is. <laughs> um, Kanye, the latest is he's buying Parler. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. He's putting off a Parler. Parler being a Twitter clone. Yeah. It was uh, big a few years ago mm. at the kind of the peak of, as, I'm, as we talked about in the last episode, various you know, right-wingers believing that they were hard done by on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They were being booted off by the fascist liberal elite yep. with their nasty little claws on the leaves of power into a HQ. Yeah, and Kanye's got himself into a lot of trouble by saying that when he wakes up, he's going to go DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people. Yeah, he did. So- <laughs> and then got subsequently banned from Twitter, or at least momentarily. He's now deleted the tweets and they've think, let him I back. He, I think he was suspended from Twitter and then possibly was banned from Instagram. Yeah. Banned from Instagram because he posted that photo of him with Mark Zuckerberg and was like, we used to be... We used to be tight. Yeah. There is a great timeline on that because he also posted that image on Twitter and then Elon was like, hey, welcome back to Twitter, <laughs> Kanye. Yeah. And then literally Elon replying four days later to his own tweet being like, I've spoken to Kanye <laughs> about some of his recent tweeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he fell afoul of the brutal Twitter moderation policy. Uh, and all of a sudden, I suppose... In the middle of sort of like a manic frenzy as he is, yes, he, just, he is announced in conjunction with Parler that he's going to acquire it. Yeah, and I have some bones to pick with you journalists over this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. One, no one mentions a. Maybe you're not allowed to mention that he's possibly in the middle of a bipolar episode that he seems to go through. Correct. Yeah. Um, as a journalist, I'm not expecting you to mention that, but I just did. Well, well, thank you. (laughs) That goes on behalf of all non-journalists. Thank Thank you. I'm glad to finally get some recognition. But B, what's not mentioned is scant details. Like, how much is he buying it for? Yeah. yeah, What's their user base? Like, is it worth it? Like, what's the deal? What's their revenue? Or do we know anything? So are you criticizing journalists for for not digging deeper? And C, barely anyone has reported that the CEO of Parler is um, Candace Owens' husband. Uh Tell me who Candace, I know who Candace Owens, but tell me who she is. 
Uh, Candace Owens is a right-wing provocateur, very famous. She's a black American woman who's very vocally pro-Trump, conservative, fringe, affiliated with right-wing media sites. Has been on Fox News a few times, but, you know, is, is more affiliated with the further right. She was on one of those, like TPUSA or one of those. Yeah, yeah no, she's, she's basically just like a conservative Facebook influencer, basically. She's yeah. just like one of those. Outrageous. Just, just around and, you know, like Trump affiliated. They're a dime a dozen, but she's like one of the really popular ones. And she's been hanging out with Kanye quite a lot, including wearing uh, White Lives Matter T-shirts yeah, yeah. to Fashion Week. And then Neck Minute... Kanye is buying Parler from her husband, effectively, as the CEO. Now, Parler, what are their numbers like? We do have some numbers. Yeah, we do. Again, the journos don't report this, but uh, this journo does. Well, I think that that's not fair. I think they actually did report that. I'm not not here to defend (laughs) journalists as a um, species. As a species. Uh, So in the first half of 2021, it had 5.2 million monthly active users. Which is not very high. No, no. I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot. Of, you know, if you were a website, that you you wouldn't you wouldn't be mad but for a social platform. Well, as we've discussed previously, in order to actually make any money on a social platform, you need scale. You need scale. But uh, in the first half of twenty twenty two, seven hundred twenty five thousand monthly active users. So that's like useless. That's that's absolutely nothing. Very very low. So, well, as you can imagine, that's in across six months. If you want to actually make any revenue. You're trying to advertise to those people. You're not. I mean, it costs a hundred bucks to reach ten thousand people. You know, like. And on the flip side, if you're not making any revenue, then you need to show user growth, and they're doing the opposite. Yeah, totally. Users are going backwards. Yeah. So. So is it a good buy? I would say it's not a great buy. Unless I mean, he's buying it for hundred bucks. If he was buying it for a hundred bucks, uh, that would be a steal. This I think is the thing we don't have the details. If, if you had a website that had seven hundred twenty-five thousand monthly users. And someone offered you for a hundred bucks, you'd take that in a heartbeat. That is that's deal that's deal city, baby. Yeah, unless they're a hundred million dollars in debt and have a uh, thousand employees required to run that. Okay, well, you know what? This makes this makes it very complicated. I was assuming it was a clean deal. You get the <laughs> app and, and nothing, no liabilities, no anything. So it's a bad deal. I mean, presumably this is okay. Let's just assume that he is actually going to buy this, mm. and this isn't just like a weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm early prediction. It's probably not going to happen. Oh, but... I, I'm, I completely agree. It's not going to happen. Mm. And I don't know if it's just like him having like a thought bubble in his like manic state that has been like seized upon by uh, less less than fake uh, friends, fake fake friends, fake friends. You know, that's the real pandemic. Yeah. Would you agree? <laughs> of course. Yeah, there we go. Who would disagree? Yeah, absolutely. Make a vaccine against fake friends, Pfizer, and give me five. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Who could be an anti-vaxxer? Um, so he said in the statement, he goes, in a world where conservative opinions are considered to be controversial, it's not really a bold statement, is it? <laughs> considered to be controversial. I mean, isn't, isn't that part? Anyway, whatever. We have to make sure we have the right to freely express ourselves. Yeah, big mission. And then the Parliament Technologies, who own Parler, CEO George Farmer, so the guy you just mentioned before, this deal will change the world and change the way the world thinks about free speech. Ye is making a groundbreaking move into the free speech media space and will never have to fear being removed from social media again. Once again, Ye proves that he is one step ahead of the legacy media narrative. Parliament will be honoured to help him achieve his goal. Surely it's Ye. Yeah, well, is it? 
Because I always, I always thought it was Yee because he likes like the religious connotation. Well, actually, right, because like Yeezus, but like it's Kanye, right? Like, and he says Yeah, he rap when he raps, he says Yay, I believe. I guess we'll fact check us on that. Absolutely. Maybe we can make it the Spotify question. Leave, leave, <laughs> like, leave, leave, leave us a comment, send us a tweet at DownAroundPod. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, but okay, free speech. This is an interesting one. So obviously, Twitter banned him for saying something allegedly anti-Semitic. He's going to go DeathCon 3 on the Jewish people, amongst other things. And that and Jewish people have been holding him back for too long was the vibe. I mean, he's worth several billion. I don't know how how, how, how held back he's been. But he's, <laughs> like he's, what his potential his is. His big thing was like, oh, you know, Jewish music managers and music executives mm. are holding generally back like black artists and what have you. Yeah, and he's allowed to say that because I, black I would, people I was, are actually I was, Jewish. I, I just want to make, make clear that my tone then was like, oh, you know, he was saying something, yeah. It was correct. <laughs> and I absolutely didn't want to reply that. I was just <laughs> explaining what I think his point was. No, no, fair enough. No, no. you're a journalist. Like, you're just sure. reporting the facts. Exactly. The interesting question is, obviously, these platforms, it is not illegal for Kanye West to say that he's going to go DEFCON 3, which, by the way, he's referring to DEFCON, which is a nuclear state of preparedness. Three is in the middle. Three is in the middle. I actually, I was thinking about what his thinking was and tweeting that, and I guarantee you that he couldn't remember whether one or five was the... Big one, yeah. So he didn't know if it was because it was Defcon one is the yeah, that's, is the highest threat level. So I assume he was like, is one or five the big one? No idea. I'll split the difference. I'll go three, which means that you know I'm not that fired up about the Jewish people. I reckon he wasn't thinking that much and just kind of the thumbs were hitting keyboard straight from the hip. You right? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Okay, cool. It was just vibe. One hundred percent. All right, continue. <laughs> but what I mean, that's not illegal. He gets banned from it, or well, suspended, and tweet gets deleted. Free speech advocates fire up. He now claims to be buying a platform where you don't get banned for that kind of thing. And more generally, people are up in arms about Trump getting banned off Twitter for allegedly like instigating the January 6th riots or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But who should decide what people can and can't say on Twitter? If something is legal, it's legal for Kanye to say that, Twitter bans him. Is that fair that we want to outsource our decision makers to kind of big tech and whatever their internal ethical policy is? Yeah. Like, is that fine as a society? Yeah, I mean, it's, my thinking on this is I've got a few sort of thoughts about it, I guess. The first one is obviously the law prescribes certain kinds of speech um, and that varies by jurisdiction. Yeah. Obviously. So in the example of Twitter, for example, that it has different moderation policies for different jurisdictions. This has mm-hmm. got them into into trouble in the past when, for example, you know, the Indian government will say, take down these sort of like this sort of political speech. Mm. And then Twitter is like, oh, should we do it? Um, <laughs> that's one side of it. And then, you know, for example, obviously Germany has like way stricter restrictions on like speech that's like Nazi aligned or anti-Semitic or whatever. Yeah, you so, can't show the swastika. Yeah, so there's like the, I don't know if it still works, but there used to be a strategy for a while that, um, people would change their location to Germany and start reporting things. Yeah. Basically try to force the system to, like, evaluate them through whatever the German side of things. Yeah. I don't know if that still works, but I remember that was definitely a thing for a while. So on the one thing, on the one hand, um, platforms need to balance the fact that all different countries have all different sorts of legal restrictions, which means if you're going to operate, naturally you're going to be bound by a whole bunch of different rules. And even, like, you know, Elon Musk, every time he's talked about acquiring Twitter, he's always been like, oh... You know, we will take down stuff that's illegal mm. and nothing else. You know, that's that'll be my like. Yeah, that, that's stick. the free speech absolutist position, right? But in their mind, because obviously it's American minds, they're basically thinking we'll take down child porn. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that's the one thing. The absolute free speech, absolutist thing is that A, companies shouldn't do it, but B, the government shouldn't be doing it either. So, yes, yeah. Yeah, that, there's that. But the Mark Zuckerberg position is basically we shouldn't have to decide what we should and shouldn't take down. We should be regulated. Like, it's the governments who should decide what should be up and down. Then, of course, he's being a bit hypocritical because he says that by saying, like, it shouldn't be up to us. And he's right. It shouldn't be up to them. But he, they then fight any regulation that is yeah, leveled yeah. at and, Facebook. And, and Facebook tried to kick a tin along by going, oh, obviously we can't make decisions or people get mad at us, so we're going to set up our, like, independent Supreme yeah. Court body that will make, rule on, like, contentious stuff like Trump being suspended or, you know, whatever it may be. But the other side of the argument as well is that, okay, so there's the moral dimension to free speech where it's like, you know, we're public squares, you should be able to say what you want mm-hmm. and discourse and air out bad stuff. If someone like Kanye wants to tweet, he's going to go DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people. Someone should be there to say, Kanye, that's not In the morning. Thing. In the morning. In the morning, sorry. So there, there was a time frame. Someone in the um, the virtue of free speech is that someone can get up and say, Kanye, that is not on, brother. You know, um, <laughs> Well, you can get cancelled. Yeah, yeah, totally. But the other side of it as well, it doesn't come up a whole lot because a lot of these debates get sucked into like the big social societal free speech stuff yes. and like cancel culture and like you know the censorious left or, or you know whatever it may be so it gets sucked into that kind of debate but the other side is that you know aside from all the political dimension twitter and facebook and instagram that these platforms they want to they want people to use their they, platforms. Want, they want people to use the platforms twitter at the end of the day is basically like a big open air internet forum mm. You know, it used to be back in the day that if you were like a, a guy that loved cars, you'd go to a car forum. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you wanted to talk politics, there would be like an off-topic forum <laughs> where you and your fellow rev heads could yeah. get into it about vaccine mandates or whatever. Uh, or yeah, keep politics out of rev head forums. Exactly. Yeah, we'll keep it in off-topic. Take it off. Or politics. Usually, it's like politics slash controversial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it used to be like that. Uh, and you would find your own little community or your IRC channel or whatever, whatever. But now everyone is kind of slammed into this one gigantic heaving pit, mm. which I don't think is actually possible to run. That's the end of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think. I think the problem of making those actually pleasant places that people want to spend time in is like a really intractable one, right? It's not intractable. It is what they're doing, which is they just have to bumble along and make decisions based on what they think most of their users want. Well, exactly, yeah. So, Which is what they're kind of doing, right? It's like if enough people are pissed off at us and we think that they're going to abandon the platform, then we make a decision based on that. Basically, the thing, and we mentioned in the last episode as well, the narrative here is that, oh, these platforms are run by like California liberals. Mm. They live in California. They vote Democrat. And they're imposing like their liberal values on the world mm. through their like nasty little algorithms, right? Yeah, which you know is probably true to yeah, exactly. I think it's probably true to that's absolutely true. But I think there's definitely a more mercenary level of thinking there, which is like they're caught on the tides of like what their users want, what they perceive their users to want. Mm. Yes, there's like state, there's government pressure as well, there's always- and, and an employee pressure, right? Like they don't want their employees to leave if their employees happen to be down one side. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is also kind of natural and in some ways i actually think that this is like the dream of the free market or at least competition between businesses working as designed in that one platform twitter decides that their limit for what you can and can't post on their website is slightly more on the censorship side than absolute free speech like you're not allowed to say that you're going to go deathcon 3 on the jewish people in the morning and therefore you have options to go to other platforms but as we mentioned at the moment 
Those other platforms suck. Yeah. And the, the rules that I'm not, you know, I probably like to say, my friend, Becky Lucas, got kicked off Twitter for saying that she was going to cut Scott Morrison's head off. I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny. That's yeah. A, in, the, at the, in the clear light of day, I can tell you that's a funny post. That's a funny post. <laughs> and so, but, you know, Jackie Onassis, my original Twitter account, that got banned. I've been on the other I've side of the ban. <laughs> I've been you. Yay. I've been in the trenches yeah. with you. <laughs> Been in the I've been league. banned more than once. What did you do, uh, what did you do on the Jackie Onassis account? Oh, to be honest, we kind of exploited the blue check system. Oh, that's right. You you were verified as Jackie Onassis. Yeah, we were verified as Jackie Onassis. <laughs> so then we pretended to be I pretended to be Jackie Onassis, like the former first lady of the United States of America. Yeah. And I think the one that really got us in trouble is I said, um, if I had diplomatic immunity, the first thing I'd do is shoot a cop. <laughs> and then like a Breitbart journalist retweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> was like, is this the kind of thing you leave on your platform? You allow on your platform, Twitter? <laughs> like, and it went viral. <laughs> Why would Jackie Nice have diplomatic immunity? <laughs> I mean, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, sure. Uh, because, yeah, it was verified. And we changed, obviously, the profile picture to Jackie Kennedy <laughs> and, like, the description and everything to form a person, yeah, all that. So That's very funny. So, yeah, so I've been I, banned. I'm right by journalists. So the hypocrisy. Right, exactly. But back then, they were the ones looking to cancel. Because it was ca- how, the ta- how the tables have turned. It was peak Blue Lives Matter, I think. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well. But point being, like, I don't think that the Twitter policies or whatever are good. I don't think the Facebook moderation policies are good, but I can no. at least see the framework here that yeah. they're attempting to keep as many people on effectively as possible and satisfy all stakeholders. Uh, well, that, that's it. I read, like, a, a newsletter or something that put it in a really great way. It was, like, the big metaphor that people use for, like, running a social media network or whatever is, like, mm. oh, you're, like... You know, Mark Zuckerberg is like the president of a country. <laughs> yeah. And like he's making like executive decisions for like a country of two billion people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, kind of. But it's actually more like being the mayor of like a gigantic town. Like you're trying to like manage all these sort of like annoying stakeholder groups with their weird little preferences and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but at the end of the day. And keep the peace and make sure everyone's not. But in order to drive shareholder value, yeah. those metaphors really piss me off because it's, I mean, you could argue actually that a prime minister is just obviously at the end of the day trying to provide shareholder Should value shareholder. to the powers that be. It's great. <laughs> people gross, that kind baby. of wants to go death con. Big right baby dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Twitter, I think, is trying to manage A, employees, B, to a certain extent, shareholders, but C, like user growth. And Yeah, yeah. Like they are getting back to like the Elon thing, basically. One of the things I'm so interested to see, I mean, if he is forced to buy it, that's still up in the air. Mm. Who knows what's going to happen there? But he obviously had like a pitch that was somewhat compelling to like the people that are providing with finance to make that acquisition. Yeah. Again, that's up in the air now as well. I'm not sure if they're all still on board. I'll be really interested when the rubber hits the road and he actually has to maintain a social network that's like growing and like making money through whatever vector he decides to do it. It seems like he maybe wants to get away from advertising or whatever, but. Which yeah. may, maybe that solves the problem. I don't know. I think it probably makes the problem worse because now you're you need your your users yeah. to pay. But I mean, unless he's got some genius creative way, like sure. we saw as we discussed, there was a lot of genius ideas. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone who starts a social media network, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook on the assumption that one day he was going to have to make moderation decisions that have like broad consequences for civilization or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. He, I imagine you know he was like a. Smart tech guy, software developer. He was probably had like libertarian sort of free speech views, I imagine, you know? Yeah. I mean, the assumption was in early Facebook days was that connection is good. 
Right, exactly. connecting more people around is, the world is, is, be a, a, is a positive regardless. Is, and our number one mission is to connect as many people as possible because that will lead to the most good. It's going to be amazing. Like, same with Jack Dorsey. You know, he was like, we're going to be like the communication platform for the world. I'm sure they all went in with the virtue of and we're going to let people like post whatever they want. It's yeah. going to be like the... But then they don't hire moderators who speak Swahili and all of a sudden, pogroms yeah. are organized and... Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you go like, oh, it's an intractable problem. It's too hard. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, yeah. well... You're also making shitloads of profit. Maybe yeah. you just need to, if you're going to be operate in a jurisdiction, here's my solution. You want to hear my solution? Go if you're ahead. going to operate in a jurisdiction, then you need to hire teams of people who live and understand the culture of that jurisdiction to make up charters for those jurisdictions based on basically the zeitgeist of the country and the laws of the country. Right. Yeah, maybe. And what you think will benefit user growth within that language. Sure. And have discussions. It's difficult, but it's these are the biggest companies in the world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is face, they were briefly, I believe, a trillion-dollar company. Um, they're yeah. no longer. But if your mission is to connect the world, then you also need your business to traverse the world. Sure. Yeah, yeah maybe. My big thought is that the whole free speech debate that we're like stuck in and have been stuck in for like five years it's and nauseating. It's, not, it's, a, it's a it's a punish, and it's not just about social. Like obviously, it's like a broader conversation. It's not mm. just about social media, although like that's kind of where it plays out. I think ultimately this is a conversation like about technology. Basically, mm. I think the um, it's basically society working out its weird little hang-ups about how just like communication works now right? oh yeah I, we went from talking in a village to newspapers yeah exactly and, and highly curated tv and yeah, radio yeah. Or whatnot too a, i'm gonna i'm gonna get fully academic right now i love it there's a great book by a guy named neil postman who is like a, a media and technology critic and writer from like the the 20th century he died just after the internet was launched but basically he was talking about how it's like this great pithy quote where it was like, when the printing press came to Europe, the culture that was there after that wasn't just Europe plus the printing press. It was a whole new Europe. Like it completely mm. changed the way that the whole continent functioned, right? Mm. And like the internet has obviously done the same thing. Yeah. Completely changed. They it. said the same thing about Australian national identity, that once you have a national newspaper that people in Sydney are reading at the same time as people in Perth, that was the first time that Australians started to identify as Australians. Yeah, no, totally. Internet's the same thing. People are still trying to work out the hangover from that transition. We were talking before about like the inversion where it was like, oh, it used to be conservative censoring, <laughs> but now it's the lefties. The lefties are the ones who hate free speech. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe. Like you can see that kind of happen, but what has actually caused that? Is it just because a bunch of woke people woke up one day and decided they hated free speech. Mm. I don't think that's like a fully ample explanation. No. I think that people understand that free speech now means something different to free speech back when you could write a nasty pamphlet and hand it around 16th century Paris or whatever. Yeah. Or even like TV or whatever. I'm not saying this is bad. Like, I think it's great that everyone can now jump on a computer and say whatever they want. Mm. But that's going to have like broader social consequences. It's different to be doing that rather than publishing something. No, it's certainly different. I actually don't think the human mind... The human mind yeah, the human mind can't, can't can, like, comprehend or contain... What is it? 150 people we can remember total or something. There's some like law or something <laughs> that like you can actually remember their names and faces and personalities of 150 people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go live and say you made that up. I don't think that's true Google at all. It, man. But, <laughs> but point being, the I human mind is only yeah, designed yeah. for a million years to kind of recognize and interact with a set of of people and now we're talking about millions every day totally we figured out in sort of like weird little ways like you know we had the big freak out about social media filter bubbles and algorithms and that kind of stuff Mm. like people grapple with the problem and understand that something has gone 
maybe not wrong, but just like different. And now we're all trying to like figure out how do we actually manage this? Mm. Dunbar's number. Okay. So it's real. Dunbar's number, Robin Dunbar, the anthropologist, the magic number is 150. He became convinced that there was a ratio between brain sizes and group sizes through his studies of non-human primates, and we can only maintain 150 relationships. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, remembering 150 faces, I think, not true. Yeah, well, I was like faces, names, and other personality traits, so we were close. Anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted in order to No, that's why I, 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 I had basically come to the end of my thought. I was just like, I think all this like free speech stuff is basically just people trying to figure out what's going on with technology yeah. and how do we actually deal with it. And yeah, you know, there are, there are people who are like censorious and there are prudes and there are weirdos. Yeah. And yes, that like the political orientation of those people is probably inverted. I totally get that. But yeah, I think everyone's just trying to figure it out, brother. Yeah. Everyone's just trying to figure out what's going on. Including the social networks. That's it. And you know what? Maybe Kanye will solve it with Parler. Yeah. Maybe it'll be awesome on there. Maybe it'll be so fucking good. Even though no one uses it and the app is terrible and he's crazy. Well, as I've maybe I said this last week, but most people don't get cancelled and censored on Twitter, <laughs> right? And so if your proposition is like you're not going to get cancelled and banned from here then it's a small pool of people you're really talking to. Yeah. Becky Lucas will be on there. <laughs> oh, that's right. Coming in over the hill into this shining utopia. It was the same thing we talked about last week, right? Where it's like when you set up a platform where the whole thing is like, even though it's like we're the free speech platform, mm. but really they're like we're the platform for people who are not welcome mm. on the other platforms. It's naturally going to be people who their number one interest, the thing that like occupies their mind yeah. is – the fact that they're not allowed on other platforms. Yes. Rather than doing DIY stuff in their backyard. But then, okay, when something illegal does happen on a platform, yeah, such as the mass shooting in, in New Zealand, uh-huh. uh, where it was live streamed on Facebook for a period of time and shared across Facebook, yep. like, should the platforms be held liable? Or like on Parler, you know, they organize a pogrom or whatever, yeah, which has happened on Facebook and it's happened on WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. What's the platform's responsibility in these cases? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the way the platforms operate, they just can't literally, A, they can't deal with it, but also like the way they do things, they can't just be treated as like a neutral bit of infrastructure or whatever. In a perfect world, they would love to be like, oh, we're just the pipes, brother. You know, like, yeah. we don't have a huge amount of responsibility for what travels through. And maybe if Twitter was in a position where they managed to rebuild themselves as a protocol, where they were more like a pipe, mm. maybe they could get away with saying that. But now they probably can't. Yeah. So there's got to be like, you know, I think the tension lies in the amplification in that, okay, if two people use WhatsApp or whatever to directly communicate to each other, it's hard to find a platform liable for the communication platform, much like it, it's hard to find Telstra liable for an SMS. Mostly, like, a lot of it's encrypted. It's encrypted stuff. anyway, so you, you wouldn't ho- hold a telecommunication network for two people sending SMS. But yep. once they're amplifying content in the manner that YouTube does or Facebook does and they're making it discoverable to users who otherwise would not have found it because their algorithms, obviously, yep. that's what they're made for. Like They're trying to find engaging content and share it to as many people as possible to keep them on the platform. Yep. So once they're sharing something that is illegal... Yeah. There obviously has to be some law around Facebook determining within a certain time frame, but whatever, regardless, YouTube, the platform determining that something is illegal and shutting it down, which in my opinion will lead to the requirement for far more moderation. And as I've maintained, they need to just hire more moderators and they've got the money to do it, so they need to do it. And if they don't have the money to do it, then their business model doesn't work. Yeah. It's it's definitely a weird, like, thorny... In the case of like Christchurch shootings or whatever, to your point, 
the thing that made it like spread like wildfire on Facebook was like the exact sort of like systems and features and algorithms or whatever that are built for the purpose of making people stay on Facebook. Yeah. It was those systems that really spread it. Mm. And like, you know, I guess to their credit or whatever, Facebook did crack down on that like insanely quickly. Yes. But, you know, again, it's it, it's a really like difficult... I don't, know, I don't really know the answers to it, to be honest. Like if Facebook shared it to a million people that otherwise wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't in a direct message, yep. should they be held liable for and culpable for it? Yeah, now, yeah. I think obviously there's nuance in the law and as I said perhaps they acted so swiftly and in a manner that shouldn't be deemed illegal. Like they attempted to shut it down, you know, in much the same way as if someone jumps in front of a camera and a news crew and like the live telecast of uh, the T20 World Cup and starts just as an example, (laughs) organizing, you know, we're all going to storm Lewisham and take out all of the one eighth Jewish people. And KO does its best to shut down the stream. I'm not even sure what you're talking about anymore. Is this something you think is going to happen? <laughs> then, you know, I'd be like, all right, KO did their job. You know, yes, the guy got to say it, but like <laughs> he didn't say my address. They did their best, so they shouldn't be held liable for what's said. But if they were just like... I think the KO officers should be raided and every employee thrown in the clink. Well, I guess in, in this entirely hypothetical scenario. Yeah, well, then that's the thing. If you're the prosecutor, then you're going to be far more aggressive than I would. Mm. And maybe that's for the best. Maybe that's for the best. Maybe society will be better, all the better. Shut KO down. <laughs> now, at least fix when you leave like a replay and then you go back into it. You have to start from the beginning again. At the very least. Fix, fix that. Fix that. Or you're off to jail. 